0: Hello, Saints. Todd here with SafeGuardYourSoul.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. We are so blessed to have these moments together in the Word of God. Uh, And remember, Saints, there's nothing, there's nothing, no thing uh, happening on God's planet that is even remotely as important as the work of the gospel and feeding the sheep of Jesus Christ, for whom he died to save, so that they can grow in grace, they can be edified, they can be equipped for the work of the ministry, according to the scriptures. And let me just guarantee you this one thing, by the grace of God, this outreach will continue to unapologetically endeavor to preach the whole of the word of God, regardless of who gets offended or not. In Jesus' name. And please remember that your prayers and support are vital to this operation. Thank you. Okay, so a friend just sent me a video of some guy. He calls himself a doctor. (laughs) Anyway, uh, and he is talking about the topic of eternal security and whether or not someone can lose their salvation. In his video, now he says this, that uh, you can't lose it by any sin, quote-unquote. So you can't lose salvation by any sin. Isn't that interesting? Uh, this is absolutely false, and so is the casual attitude towards sin. It's equally as dangerous. Let's go by what Scripture teaches saints, and uh, let's grasp the attitude of God who is holy, holy, holy towards sin and cease this lukewarm foolishness uh, that we see people reveling in. They have this casual attitude. They want to make sure everybody's calm and nobody has the fear of God and nobody takes sin seriously. This is a trip to hell, folks. We need to really be careful. That is lukewarm at best that Jesus says that anyone after being saved talking to the church that is lukewarm is going to be spewed out of his mouth. That's all it takes after you get saved to go to hell is to be lukewarm. Uh, Revelation chapter three, beginning at verse forty—excuse uh, me, fourteen. That's the message of Jesus Christ, which relates directly to this late hour in which we live. And in this situation we're dealing with right this moment concerning this guy who says that no sin can separate you from God and cause you to be cut off and forfeit your place with God. That is salvation. That is absolutely a lie. Now I'm going to read Mark. Uh, I'm going to read the words of Jesus Christ. And I want you to employ your faculties that he gave you and, uh, to obey him and to embrace his truth. I'm going to begin begin at verse 43, the last several verses of Mark chapter 9. This should be a passage that you become well familiar with. And you'll have to read the real Bible, the King James Bible, because all the fake Bibles have removed it. Okay. And Jesus says, And if thy hand offend thee, cut it off, it is better for thee to enter into life maimed, than having two hands to go into hell into the fire that never shall be quenched, where their worm dieth not, and that means their consciousness never ceases. That's what that means. Their worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. And if thy foot offend thee, cut it off. It is better for thee to enter into uh, enter halt into life than having two feet to be cast into hell. Into the fire that never shall be quenched, where their worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. And if thine eye offend thee, pluck it out. It is better for thee to enter into the kingdom of God with one eye, than having two eyes to be cast into hell fire, where their worm or consciousness dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. For every one that is, uh, every one, every sacrifice that is that goes to hell. Every person shall be salted with fire, and every sacrifice shall be salted with salt. In other words, salt is a preservative. So the torment, the consciousness is going to be preserved forever. So Jesus says if anything in our life causes us to offend God by sin, that is, that's what the definition of offending, being, being an offense to God, a defilement would be, is sin, then we're to cut it off, or we're, we're going to go to hell, where the fire is never going to be quenched. Neither is our consciousness. Notice uh, Romans six twenty three: the wages of sin is death, separation. We must take God at His word. Okay, so again, we're we're examining this man's statement that you can't lose salvation by any sin. Is that true? Well, according to Jesus in Mark 4, 9, 43 through 49, that's not true. Listen also to, uh, I mean, it's just no, almost no end to the verses that absolutely demolish that filthy lie from hell. And again, the casual attitude towards sin. I mean, think about Jesus, uh, who Paul said is coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, one that is holy and with blemish that is without the blemish of sin okay that's the church he's coming back for why all these warnings in scripture that the apostles and that Christ gave us which we'll review a couple of those in a minute here Uh, I'm trying not to make this a long video but I, I want to encourage you to answer get this answer from the scriptures for yourself concerning whether or not sin can cause you to forfeit your place with God. Ezekiel 33 12 and 13. The prophet writes, Therefore, thou son of man, say unto the children of thy people, The righteousness of the righteous shall not deliver. He's talking about the righteousness of the righteous. Those that are right with God shall not deliver him in the day of his transgression. As for Notice he qualifies it to the day of his transgression. Okay, you can draw your own conclusion. I'm going to go ahead and take God at his word. Uh, If you sin, friend, uh, you should make make a short list with God. Okay? None of this that we're talking about right now is denying that we have the need to confess our sins. But that's just the point. The true disciple will confess his sin. He won't cover it with this lie that he's eternally secure. That's a lie from hell. The first lie Satan never told when he told the man and the woman that they should not. They would not surely die. He added that three-letter word, not. But God had told them, Genesis two seventeen and 3, 4, that if they sinned against him, they would surely die. I'm going to go ahead and take God at his word, not man. See, we've got to rightly divide the word of truth and cease listening to people that are teaching false doctrine, including this one saved always saved doctrine, and also that have this crass attitude towards sin, because God doesn't. Okay, Jesus died to deliver us from all sin. That's what we read in the Scriptures. Uh, Titus 2.14 is one of those places. So, notice, therefore, thou son of man, Say unto the children of thy people, the righteousness of the righteous shall not deliver him in the day of his transgression. As for the wickedness of the wicked, wicked, he shall not fall thereby in the day that he turneth from his wickedness. Neither shall the righteous be able to live for his righteousness in the day that he sinneth. Now, one of the things we're seeing here is that God judges you for where you are Presently. See, there are people in hell right now who lived much of their life walking with the Lord. But when they died, they died in sin. Okay, so I think that if you meditate on this passage, it's two verses, Ezekiel 33, 12, and 13, we're gonna we're gonna, I believe, observe that God looks at you where you are. Because notice he says, the wickedness of the wicked in the day that they repent. Uh, all of their sins will not be remembered. They're all washed away. As for the wickedness of the wicked, he shall not fall thereby in the day that he turneth from his wickedness. Neither shall the righteous be able to live for his righteousness in the day that he sinneth. When I shall say to the righteous that he shall surely live. In other words, I've saved you. I'm going to continue the good work in you. Okay? Okay. When God says that to you, it shows you and gives you the peace and the revelation that you are right with him. If he trusts in his own righteousness and commit iniquity, uh, if you go back into sin, if you take God for granted, all his righteousnesses shall not be remembered. But for his iniquity that he hath committed, he shall die for it. Now, a lot of people at this point say, oh, my, I don't want to have to live like that. Yeah, you you see, here's the reason why you're not accountable to God. Jesus is not the Lord of your life. You call him your savior and you swear you're going to heaven, but you're not interested in getting to know him and obeying him on his terms. And that identifies the problem right now, right there. You are serving the God, the false God. Of self, and you could care less about Jesus. You're trying to, you vainly believe you're going to go ahead and use him to get you to heaven. But the Bible says to be not deceived. God is not mocked for whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. God sees your filthy, iniquitous, unrepentant, uncircumcised heart, and it's going to damn your So you're just trying to hide behind and find ways to justify living uh, life on your own terms and having everything your way. You see, because either you never repented or you've since backslidden. To repent is to lay an axe to the root and surrender your life to Christ and say, Lord, I'm all yours and you're all mine. You must increase, but I must decrease. And water baptism is significant of you being dead and buried. And now Christ raising you up. You're no longer your own. You're bought with a price if you're truly a child of God. You see, Uh, and that's first Corinthians, I believe. Chapter 6, 19 and 20, you're no longer your own if you're a child of God. So if you're doing things your own way, you're not the child of God. You're not the temple of the Holy Spirit. You've chosen to sit on the temple or the throne of your own heart. It's Your life is all about you. And that's why you think you're going to use Jesus to get you out of hell while you live any way you like on this earth. Let me just set this straight again, if it isn't clear enough already, that you're either gonna deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow Christ. In other words, you're gonna lay an axe to the root root of your own will, and you're gonna walk with Jesus on his term, you're going to hell. Jesus said, if you don't do that, you're going to hell. See, Jesus said, Whosoever he be of you that forsaketh not all. Let me say it again, all. That's what he said that he hath. He cannot be my disciple. Take it or leave it, you're going to stand in judgment before a holy God and give account on that day. Notice Ezekiel eighteen thirty. Therefore I will judge you, O house of Israel, every one according to his ways, saith the Lord. Repent. He's talking to his own people as he is to you and I right now. Repent and turn yourselves from all your transgressions, all of them. Uh, uh, So iniquity shall not be. Your ruin. So again, iniquity will be the ruin, not eternal ruin, of those who don't repent and turn themselves from all their transgression. You're going to tell me, as I've had so many people tell me, and many of you have too, that, you know, uh, they're going to heaven and you're teaching sinless perfectionism and all this. We just can't stop sinning. OK, so Jesus's grace is not able to stop you or give you. Actually, he's not going to force It's not able to give you the ability to please him, that you're relegated to living in sin. Man, you got more faith in sin than you do God. That That shows us that you don't have saving faith at all. I notice this that Titus two fourteen speaks of Jesus who gave Himself for us why that He might redeem us from all excuse me did it say some or all all iniquity and purify unto Himself a peculiar people zealous of good works okay those that are saved are. Uh, They want to be delivered from all iniquity. They stay before the Lord, crying out, as we see in the words of David during his time of repentance in Psalm 51, that God would uh, create in them a clean heart. He would renew a right spirit within him, that, that he would purge them, that he would cleanse them, that he would make them holy. Because the Old and the New Testament, 1 Peter 1, 15 and 16, says, For I am holy, be ye holy as I am holy. Okay, that's a command of God. If you don't like holiness, you don't know you don't love the Lord. Because he's holy, holy, holy. Revelation 4, 8, Isaiah 6, 3. Okay, and the wages of sin is death. Why? Because he's holy, holy, holy. So it's absolutely false. To say that you can't lose salvation by any sin that you commit. That would be a denial of the holiness of God. Clearly. Okay, we have numerous passages that name all God so mercifully. Named specifics. Notice Revelation. Chapter 21, verse 8. Okay? Tells us exactly who's going to the lake of fire. Listen to this. But the fearful, that means the cowardly, those who will not take a stand for Christ. Maybe they got saved, but they're not truly rooted in Christ. They did not continue with Christ, and therefore they're weak. Yeah, I wonder about these people around us that claim to be saved, and that for years we think they're saved, but they have no conviction. Okay? None. They don't ever drive a stake in the ground and call something sin. They have no fear of God. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life to depart from the snares of death. Proverbs 14, 27. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil and iniquity. Psalm 97, verse 10. And Proverbs also. Chapter 8, verse 13. You see, none of that conviction. No deliberate living for Jesus. Guess what? That's part of the fearful. That's part of the Lukewarm and notice that's the first list of class class of sinners in this list. So he's gonna tell us who's gonna go to the lake of fire in this verse, but the fearful and unbelieving, that's all sin, right? Yep, sure is, and abominable, that's sodomites, etc., and murderers, and whoremongers and sorcerers, and idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake, which burneth with fire and brimstone. The, the, could it be any clearer? No. Verse 27, Revelation 21. And there shall in no wise, in other words, not one, enter into it, that is eternal glory, the, uh, the new Jerusalem. This is, remember, Revelation 21, the last verse it says here, there shall in no wise enter into it anything that defileth, sin defiles. Because God is holy, holy, holy. Again, that's a doctrine that's completely absent from the modern church message. That's why there's no fear one of the reasons why there's no fear of God before their eyes, Romans three eighteen. Because they don't acknowledge God as holy, holy, holy. God is love, they want to pervert that and use it to their advantage and as they seek to use it. But it only it never says he's love, love, love. That's a divine attribute. Yes, God is love. First John four eight and sixteen. But twice, not once, twice in triplicate, God says that He's holy, holy, holy. Isaiah six three, Revelation four eight. So Revelation twenty one twenty seven, there shall in no wise, no wise, not one, no exception, uh, enter into it, the New Jerusalem, eternal glory with Jesus and the Father. Anything that defileth, neither whatsoever worketh abomination or maketh a lie, but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. Notice Galatians chapter 5, 19 through 21. Speaking of does sin separate people from God and cause them to be outside of the saving grace of Christ? And the answer from the scripture is a resounding yes. Okay. Some people want to say Christ's salvation is so great at just covers all our sin. No, it does not. If you're deliberately living in sin. Okay, because you're not in Christ if you're living in sin. He that abideth in him sinneth not. First John 3, 5 and 6. Could it be any clearer? If you're abiding in him, which Jesus said you must do after being saved, or are you going to be cast into the fire of hell? John 15, 6. You're not living in sin. But I'm saved. You're living in sin and you're saved? No, that doesn't equate biblically. That's exposed as a lie biblically, as we're seeing in these verses, and we're only going to cover a few. But it's time to read the Bible without all these lies that you, your mind and my mind have been affected and poisoned with by the false teachers that Jude said are turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness, which means a license to sin. We must earnestly contend against them. Jude verse 3 and 4. Okay, so Paul writes here, now the works of the flesh are manifest. Okay, and then there's 17 listed. And at the end of the list, he says this, as I have also told you in time past that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Could it be any clearer? Anybody living in any one or more of these sins, let me read it from the mouth of the Holy Spirit through Paul, shall not inherit the kingdom of God. So you're telling me that the town drunk who got saved when he was 12 is still saved because he got saved when he was 12, but yet he's living in drunkenness? Well, right here in this, one of the 17 sins is drunkenness, okay? Read it for yourself. And if you're not honest with scripture, you're the only one that could choose to be. You're not going to be in glory because you're going to make excuses. You're not of an honest heart. Jesus said you got to be of a good and honest heart. That's the only one of the four types of soil that is going to be in glory with Jesus and the Father. And that's Luke chapter 8. Verse 11 through 15, the fourth of the four soils, you got to have a good and honest heart. It's time to get honest, saints, and not make excuse for our sins. Uh, Proverbs 28:13, He that covereth his sins shall not prosper. Okay, people, a lot of people covering their sins with these notions, these cliches, these philosophies that have been shoved down everybody's throat but are not biblical. In fact, they're completely contrary to Bible truth, Okay, including the one we're dealing with today. So you've got to get in the Word yourself and choose to obey the Lord. And let me, let me just say this. It's God's will that you depart from listening or sitting under or attending any so-called church where they're teaching and promulgating this filthy demonic lie, it's the first lie of Satan, that you're eternally secure. And let me go further. If they're not teaching you to fear God and to overcome all sin by submitting yourself to God and letting his grace, his resurrection, glory and power live through you. You need to run for your life because you're being incubated in lukewarmness. Revelation chapter 3, 14 through 21. Jesus's letter, Jesus's words, Jesus's warning to the Laodicean church again what kind of church is Jesus coming back for one that is without spot or blemish but one that is holy Ephesians 5:25 through 27 why all the warnings why Why did Jesus say, watch and pray so that you won't enter into temptation? The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. If there wasn't any, if there wasn't any possibility of losing out in the end, let me even go further. Let Jesus go further. I should say, Luke, that was Luke 1240. Now let's look at. No, that was actually Matthew 2641, Luke 1240. Another warning in this in this regard, where he says, "Be therefore ready also for the Son of Man cometh in an hour when you think not." That is a severe warning. In other words, and then he goes on further to say that the uh, the good man of the house. In another parable, Jesus teaches. Okay, I misspoke here. I was wrong. That's actually the same text that we just quoted the summation of Luke 12:40 says, be ye therefore ready also for the son of man cometh in an hour when you think not. See, Jesus teaches in the preceding verses uh, that you must be ready. That's the point of this teaching that the Son of God gives. Now, who are you going to trust? You're going to trust these modern-day pundits who are totally watered down, have been deceived from childhood through the false teaching of uh, the lie of lasciviousness guaranteeing them that because they got saved initially, they're automatically going to be in heaven. Absolutely false. Jesus said you must endure to the end to be saved. And Jesus is saying here, let your loins be girded about, and your lights burning. And ye likewise, like of the men that wait for their Lord, when he will return from the wedding, that when he cometh and knocketh, they may open unto him immediately. Blessed are those servants, whom the Lord, when he cometh, shall find watching. Verily I say unto you, that he shall gird himself and make them to sit down to meet and will come forth and serve them. That sounds like the great supper of the Lamb, which I believe is two chapters ahead in, in uh, Luke 14. Then he says in verse 38, And if he shall come in the second watch, or come in the third watch and find them so blessed are those servants, and this know that if the good man of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would would have watched and not have suffered his house to be broken through. Be ye therefore ready also for the Son of Man, cometh in an hour when you think not. So obviously some people are going to be caught off guard. No different than Jesus' teaching of the ten virgins in Matthew chapter 25, 1 through 13, where he says the kingdom of heaven is likened unto ten virgins, and we read there that uh, only five were accepted and received into the bridal chamber, but the other five were shut out. And somebody might say, well, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. They, 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 they never got saved. Well, you're lying to yourself and you're promulgating a filthy heresy that is not scriptural because you're trying to cover for your own sin. That's what's always behind all of these lies. Notice Jesus says in that parable, the kingdom of heaven is likened unto ten virgins. He didn't say the kingdom of hell is likened unto five and the kingdom of heaven to five. No, the kingdom of heaven is likened unto ten virgins. These are people who were espoused to the bridegroom, who is Christ. Okay, but only five of them made it into the eternal bridal chamber. The other ones were shut out. In fact, Paul says that we have been espoused to one husband, and his desire was that I may present you as a chaste, holy virgin to Christ. Second Corinthians chapter 11 verse 2. We are espoused to him, but we're not married to him yet until we are actually with him. You might be a king's kid, but you're not home yet is another way of putting it as scripture bears out. Notice, uh, Luke chapter 21 verse 34 through 36. Jesus is teaching and he said, and, and again, Let's ask ourselves, if sin doesn't separate you from God, why is it that Jesus is teaching that it does? Why is he speaking this way? Notice Jesus spoke not as any other man. Didn't we read that at the end of uh, Matthew 7? Yeah. It came to pass when Jesus had ended these sayings, the people were astonished at his doctrine for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. See, that's what we got going on today. When we read the Bible, we should be going, "Wow, did you just listen to what Jesus said and if our hearts are right with him, we will." And we'll be saying, "Wow, this is this is divine authority speaking. This is the son of God." And he speaks differently then the scribes or the modern pastors and then modern fallen, backslidden apostate departed from the faith priesthood that are writing all these books and are, are all over social media, all over the TV. Uh, they man, if you can call it that, these pulpits in these local church houses. OK, but they don't speak what Jesus spoke, nor that they speak with the power of heaven. Because most of them aren't even saved. And the ones that are, some of them are not baptized with the Holy Ghost. So they don't speak the words of God or in the power of Christ. Okay, Because the Bible says Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit. In Luke 4.14, when he came out of the desert, when he was fasting. How many pastors you know that really fast today? Very Few. Also, in the book of Acts, we read that how Jesus of Nazareth went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. See God giveth gaveth not his spirit uh, with measure to the Son of God, because the Son of God was obedient to him, so he speaks with divine heavenly. Authority, And we're going to see the difference as we personally embark on studying to show our own self-approved unto God, we're a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Most people that go to these churches today are enamored with their pastors. They're not enamored with Christ. They'll talk about their pastor in many way, many times. Like this church I knew of in Colorado, Northern Colorado, it was called Fun Church. I mean, this guy isn't hiding anything. This wolf, Fun Church, Fun Church. Show me that kind of language in the Bible. Totally trivializes. Uh, the gospel of jesus christ john the baptist said the kingdom of heaven suffered violence and the violent take it by force there is a spiritual warfare going on and only the sword of the spirit which is the word of god ephesians 6 17 declared by someone who is truly standing in christ truly seated together in heavenly places with him not only um Positionally, but practically, as he is crucified with Christ, speak and declare the truth of God. And when you hear somebody like that preach, as was the case when Jesus preached in the end we just read of Matthew seven, there's going to be authority, and that man is going to stand out from the poison pabulum, pabulum, uh, peddlers of his day. Of which we have so many in this last day, because the Holy Spirit told us through the Apostle Paul that evil men and seducers would wax worse and worse. And unfortunately, the man we're talking about now, who is saying that sin will not cause you to lose your place with God, is one of those deceivers. And what's even more deceptive, he's not teaching the once saved, always saved heresy. Okay, and yet he's coming out. And saying that sin is not going to separate you from God. I mean, we could read all kinds more scriptures. We got a, a little book called Soul Damning Sins. So That's also a post on safeguardyoursoul.com by that title. Also, here's another one under the eternal security, once saved, always saved, uh, category. It's that it's titled there. It. That category is so loaded. Just go to the drop-down menu on SafeguardYourSoul.com and hit E and look for the Eternal Security uh, category. Notice, here's one of them. It's called, Does Sin Defile a Saved Person? Okay, does sin defile and therefore separate from God a saved person? Of course it does, contrary to what this man was teaching. Now, let's read one more passage here that Jesus gave us concerning sin. Again, think about the question. Uh, Or uh, actually think about the notion uh, that this guy puts forth that sin can't and won't separate you from God. Hmm. Is that what Jesus taught? No. Listen to this. And take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged or weighed down with surfeiting, that means overindulgence, and drunkenness, and cares, just the cares of this life. Wow. (laughs) And so... That makes you lukewarm, right? Sure does. And so that day come upon you unawares. For as a snare, a trap, shall it come on all them that dwell on the face of the whole earth. Watch ye therefore and pray always that you may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. So we must ask ourselves, why would Jesus be warning of us of these specific sins, as is the case in all the other passages, passages we read earlier, if there weren't danger in committing them, living in them, not repenting, returning to the Lord and confessing them. Why? Why would the Son of God be warning us specifically of these things if they couldn't separate us from him eternally? OK, of this passage, Adam Clark, commentator, writes literally to be made heavy. That is concerning overcharge with surfeiting. And uh, he says uh, literally to be made heavy, as in generally the case with those who have eaten and drank too much. Take heed that you be not rendered secure by an improper use of of lawful things. Do not make the earth your portion. Expect its dissolution and prepare to meet your God. And let me go further. You must stay prepared at all times. Jesus said, Be ye therefore ready also for the Son of Man cometh in an hour when you think not. Be not weary in well-doing, saints, for in due time we shall reap if we faint not. Jesus said in, that some are going to depart from the faith. They're going to give heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. See, they're not going to hold sound doctrine, which scripture also tells us to do. But they're going to get worn down and they're going to be seduced by these evil spirits that are speaking through so many who claim to be representing Christ, enticing people to relax. Basically, they're saying be lukewarm. You're once saved, always saved. You're eternally secure. Those are seducing spirits, peddling those doctrines of devils. And if you ever give in to them, you're going to begin to cover your sins. You're not going to take account for them, and you're going to fall away and not know it. And you're and you're going to be one who, like most of these, men, swear that you're going to heaven no matter what because you got saved in the past, huh? Many of them have been turned over to strong delusion. Why? Because they do have, do not receive the love of the truth and they're going to be deceived. They're being deceived and ultimately they're being delusional and damned. Second Thessalonians chapter two, verse nine through 12. And this is by the working of Satan. Again, second Thessalonians chapter two, verse nine through 12. They've allowed themselves to be seduced. Okay, by evil spirits working through these false teachers. And then they begin to they grasp these doctrines of devils. And let me tell you, if once saved, always saved is not a doctrine of devils. There's no such thing as a doctrine of devils. <laughs> it's the first lie he told. Again, Genesis two seventeen and 3, 4. Okay, so Jesus says that all who are in him uh, saved, that is in John 15, 1 through 6, and who don't abide or remain, continue in Him, will be cast into the fire. Verse six. I don't know how cl- how much clear he could have made that. Notice Romans 11, 20 through twenty two. Listen to this. The apostle Paul speaks of being cut off. This is a divine warning, a threat. Doesn't matter if you like it or not. It's a divine warning and a threat. Well, because of unbelief, they, that is, the Jews who were first, were broken off. God divorced them, Jeremiah 3, verse 8. And thou standest, you Gentiles, this is the context, by faith. Somebody says, why well, live by faith? Okay, if you're living by faith, according to 1 John 3, 5, and 6, he that abideth, that is, abideth in Christ by faith, uh, sinneth not, does not live in sin. Okay? If you stumble, is it confess it, repent of it, own up to it, be honest. Don't act like you're you're covered automatically. If you die in sin, hell is where you're going to end up in. Okay? Well, because of unbelief, they were broken off and thou standest by faith. Be not high-minded. Don't be prideful and arrogant. Don't be high-minded, but fear. There it is, a command to fear God. For if God spared, a lot of people don't want to fear God. They don't want to be responsible and accountable to God for every thought and every action. Why? They're serving the God of self. They need to repent and unseat themselves from the throne of their own heart. Let Christ reign. That's where the cross comes in. Crucified life. For if God you're not going to go to heaven, folks. None of us are without the crucified life. You're not following Christ if you're not doing it his way. And he says that if you're going to follow him, you got to deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow him daily. Luke 9, 23 and 24. For if God spared not the natural branches, that was the Jews. He did not spare them. Take heed. In fact, at one place, I think it's, uh, let's see... Numbers 16, 2,500 of them that were living in sin went straight to hell. God opened the ground, and they dropped right on into hell. The flames. Read it for yourself. His own people. For if God spared not the natural branches, take heed lest he also spare not thee. Behold, therefore, the goodness and severity of God. See, most people today just want to behold the goodness of God. They don't want to obey God by looking at all that he is and all that he says. Behold, therefore, not only the goodness, but the severity of God. That's why we must fear him, which this passage just told us to. On them which fell severity. Okay, if you fall into sin, okay, and your life ends, You're going to receive severe, eternal, irrevocable judgment. You're going to the lake of fire. On them which fell severity, but toward the goodness, if, 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 that denotes condition, thou continue, there it is, a door to the end, to be saved, in his goodness. Otherwise, thou also shalt be cut off. Okay. No need to have to explain that. That says what it says. And God meant what he said. Notice Peter, as we close here, 2 Peter 2, 20 and 21. For if after they have escaped, he's talking about apostates in this chapter. If after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, somebody might say, wait a minute, they just had head knowledge. Not so fast total deception how are you going to escape the pollutions of the world with head knowledge you're going to overcome sin with head knowledge about jesus laughable laughable for if you must be born again and when you're born again you're a new creature and that's how you have you escape the pollutions of the world so he's talking about those who were really saved and now departed from christ for if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled there. Notice, again, they were delivered out of them. Now they go back to them. They're, they are again, keyword, entangled therein and overcome. The latter end is worse with them than the beginning. Their suffering in hell is going to be worse than if they had never known the Lord. Notice the next verse, 21. For it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness that after they have known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. Second Peter 2, 20 and 21. God is holy, 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 friends. And anyone living in sin after being saved is hell bound unless they repent before it's too late. I want to encourage you saints to pour over the Holy Scriptures and all of them and uh, seek the Lord daily as you nourish your spirit in the Word of God and you're looking for the soon return of our Lord Jesus Christ. All of this apostasy that we see is what he warned us about. He said many false prophets shall arise and shall deceive many in uh, Matthew 24 and then the sister text as we close here Luke 21, 28, and when you see all these things come to pass, including the many false teachers peddling false doctrines, pretending to represent Christ while subverting Christ's original gospel, that's what he's talking about in part. When you see these things begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your head for your redemption draw nigh. Jesus is coming Ready or not. God bless you, friends. Well, brothers and sisters, it's been a blessing to spend these moments with you in the Word of God. And remember, there's hundreds of more Christ centered, scripture rich, uh, edifying podcast on safeguardyoursoul.com forward slash audios there's also a store page with uh, uh, several many books on there for your uh, edification in christ they're all scripture rich and christ centered also tens of thousands uh, of saints and sinners are being reached every month And uh, your prayers are coveted for the fruitfulness and supply of this outreach. God be praised, by the way, for those who are supporting. And feel free to visit uh, our donate page on the site. And uh, uh, you can use your debit card, PayPal or Patreon, and you can become a monthly sustaining member if you choose to do so and a gift of any amount is so appreciated part of this outreach uh is to equip and supply other ministering disciples across our great country and uh, all over the world and uh may god be praised that uh There's fruitfulness happening among his people and through his beloved saints, as we know that the return of our Lord Jesus Christ draws nigh. And we say together in the words of Revelation 22, even so, come Lord Jesus, amen.